What is up, people? Welcome back to Popcorn at the podcast where you can find the latest and greatest content creators in pop culture and also listen to some really cool conversations on pop culture. On this pod, I was joined by Derek Wong of the Film Trailers Podcast, and this episode was dedicated to get to know him and what his podcast is all about. During this podcast, we talked about the art of movie trailers and why they exist, why we love them, <laughs> why we avoid them, and so many other different conversations involving movie trailers. Uh, later in the pod, we talked about the upcoming Disney service, Disney Plus, and rather this juggernaut will win the streaming war between Netflix, Hulu, and all the other streaming services that exist. Uh, towards the end, we talked about The Farewell, and which was a really good film that I loved from this year, and uh, the future of Asian cinema. And so many other conversations took place during this pod. It was so much fun hanging out with Derek, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Um, if this is your first time here, welcome. And if you are a regular listener to the show, welcome back. Uh, if you want to keep supporting the pod, please rate and review wherever you get your pods at. And this is something that you could do while you're listening. So I would highly appreciate it. Uh, five stars or better. <laughs> Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in. I, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Boom. And we're live. Today, I'm joined by Derek Wong of the Film Trailer Podcast. How are we doing today, bro? Doing good, man. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. It is my honor. I've been waiting to talk to you for a while now, man. I, I just love your thing behind your podcast. And I'm Thanks. just curious, like, how did you get into just doing a pod on, based off of uh, trailers? So we, we kind of dive into this early on in the first couple episodes of our podcast. So me and my co-host, or me and one of my co-hosts, his name is Alex, we actually stopped watching trailers about seven years ago. Um, and when I when I mean trailers, I don't mean all trailers. I mean, you know, some of the big tentpole ones uh, like MCU, any kind of comic book movies, any kind of cult, like pop culture kind of uh, probably what you cover on your podcast, like any of those big movies, especially for me, Christopher Nolan did not watch any of the trailers. And for a long time, I kind of lived this life of trying to stay away from trailers, trying to stay away from any kind of spoilers and trying to go into any movie kind of um, sight unseen. Right. And and really taking the movie that way. And I think for me, this, this all kind of started with the MCU and it actually started with the Avengers. Um, it was actually after that movie, I got, I actually got pretty frustrated with the trailers for that, for that movie <laughs> to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to watch trailers anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to keep myself uh, clean of any kind of spoilers, any kind of information going into movies and kind of with the, the, the culmination of you know three phases of the mcu all kind of coming together to be endgame me and my co-hosts you know me and my friend that we're kind of doing this journey together you know we decided you know maybe this is this is the end um and you know we still i still watch trailers now you know now that we're doing the podcast and like watching like all trailers now it's kind of going from like cold turkey to being a junk again because <laughs> i used to love i used to love watching trailers mm-hmm. and and now it's it's sometimes still frustrating watching trailers and and seeing like oh man i wish i didn't know that yeah now you're going. stuck doing you know back to watching trailers <laughs> you can't go back you got a podcast committed to it now yeah but it's it's been pretty fun kind of like breaking it down and like i i you know on my podcast i love doing these like stupid um predictions that are never right <laughs> oh, some of them are right some of them are way off but it, it's been pretty fun doing that and 
Um, and seeing the, how the podcast even has evolved over only like the 15 or so episodes that we've done, like we, you know, at first really focused on trailers, but now we're focusing on trailers, but also really trying to get into some fun topics that revolve around trailers and movies in general. So I, I think uh, the the podcast itself will keep evolving and I'm I'm really excited to kind of continue it. Yeah, I completely see why you went cold turkey because um, trailers are getting to the point that it's being too long. Especially when they start getting to like the second trailer, the third trailer, the fourth. I'm just like, you're overselling it. And uh, I was in the movies the other day to uh, see Hobbs and Shaw, which is a trailer that tricked me into seeing a movie. And uh, <laughs> the trailer ended up being way better than the freaking movie. So, uh, mm-hmm. but anyways, uh, the It trailer, uh, It Chapter 2 trailer popped up. And it mm-hmm. was the second one. And I refused to watch it. I'm like in the theater with my eyes covered. Everybody's like, That's oh, he's scared. One. I'm like, I refuse. I don't want to spoil it. I've seen the first trailer. I don't need a second one. I really don't. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the one where it shows more of the adults and, and kind of it. It's a nice trailer, but I agree. Like at a certain point, I could stop and not have to watch any more trailers. You know, and, uh, you know, there's like I said, I talked about Christopher Nolan. He's one person I believe in fully as a director and as a creator. And you know, you tell me it's a Christopher Nolan movie, I would just blindly go see it. I might not like it. You know, I don't love all of his movies, but he's like earned my trust enough that I do want to go see any movie that he kind of makes. He's actually doing something really interesting right now. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but supposedly there's a trailer floating around for one of his upcoming films called The Tenet. And it wasn't attached to Hobbs and Shaw for you. It was attached to Hobbs and Shaw for me. I saw I, it. I was probably in the bathroom. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like one of those people that like show up because I've seen everything on YouTube already. But I yeah. was kind of upset hearing that. I was like, damn, like I really wanted to see it. It's nowhere on uh, YouTube. You can oh. only see it in uh, theaters, which is really a playback to how trailers started. It was just like, you know, just to get there early, just to see what's upcoming in the future. But uh, now, you know, with YouTube and Twitter, it's kind of hard to avoid trailers at this point. So I don't really know how you manage to <laughs> avoid trailers for so long. But I, uh, I commend I you. Mean, for I mean, I avoided, I, I avoided trailers, but it was still like I, you know, I'm a, a movie guy. I love movies. I love movie news. I love reading about movies and 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 watching like video essays about movies. So it it, it is still very hard. It was still very hard for me to like stay away from like I, you know, certain screenshots I'll see or certain and and titles of articles are very difficult sometimes because sometimes they'll just you know say something that you know they don't think is a spoiler but it was a spoiler to me so that's always hard and like i couldn't completely be devoid of any kind of information before going into a movie but i tried my best at least to stay away from anything like where i actually see any kind of scenes or anything like that so you sound like a uh, a trailer enthusiast <laughs> uh and you break down trailers weekly and you do like mail mm-hmm. bags and stuff from your pod. Um, I was just curious, like what makes a good trailer for you? Like what, what does it have to do to you? So I, I think over the last couple of years, I think M- the MCU, well, I guess Disney Incorporate, right? It, it kind of owns the MCU, owns Star Wars. They've done better at creating trailers that get you excited, but don't really release or don't really uh, give away too much of the plot. And I think that's for us the, you know, the best scenario is that, you know, I know exactly why trailers exist, right? They they exist so, so that they to get your butt into the theater, 
right? Because that's what movies is about. Like I'm 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 a firm believer in getting my butt into a theater and watching every any movie and every movie. You know, I don't I don't believe it when people say like, oh, that's not a movie I want to watch in the theaters. I can just watch that at home. Like, no, I love watching movies in theaters no matter what it is. So I understand that trailers, that's the job of trailers. But I think trailers can be done so that it gets me excited, but it doesn't reveal like important plot points. If I can if I watch a trailer, I'm like, well, that looks like it's from the end of the movie. It it kind of ruins it for me because then I, I kind of go into the movie sometimes remembering like, oh, they haven't played that one scene yet mm-hmm. or they haven't played that one thing. And, you know, I, I think the MCU and we had a discussion on this on my podcast, too. The MCU has gotten better because they they are actively trying to deceive you now. Right. If you remember any of the Infinity War trailers right there, they didn't show the the Hulkbuster. They showed the Hulk. Right. Yeah. To totally hide the fact that, you know, Bruce Banner was going to go through this this different story in that in that right mm-hmm. they and nowhere in the end game trailer do they show um fat thor they showed they purposely showed you a regular looking thor so i think you know like the mcu is actively trying to deceive you and and you know some people be like well that's deceiving that's not right but at the same time i, I think they are just trying to like make sure your experience is a full one when you actually get to the theaters, right? Because I, you know, how many people were probably surprised when they like went into the theater and the first, you know, they saw Fat Thor and they they absolutely loved that. Yeah, they did a really good job with the uh, second Far From Home trailer, advertising it, it as a multiverse. I was kind of mm-hmm. excited, I'm like, oh, the possibilities are endless now. I know. And then <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> I go into it. I'm like, wow, like, they got me good, which kind of played along with the character Mysterio. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you listen to like, uh, we did an episode on that and I was just like crossing my fingers. I was like, please, please be real. Please be real. <laughs> please be a multiverse. Because I knew I knew who Mysterio was. I knew it was most likely a trick, but I only could hope. But yeah, it was it, I still love Far From Home. Like, love that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, More than a Homecoming, to be honest. Me too. I actually, I, I liked it more than Homecoming, I think, in my opinion. Um, speaking of uh, trailers again, is there like an ideal runtime for a uh, a trailer? Oh, that's a good question. Um, for you? For me, I mean, for me, I think, like I said, less is more. So even if it was, you know, like we talked about the Tenet trailer, like I know you didn't get to see it, but it was like it, it all it really was was just like flashes. It's probably like 30 seconds long flashes, scenes of uh, John David Washington's character. And all you see is kind of like the silhouette of the word Tenet kind of getting more and more drawn in and more and more in focus. And then you're just seeing these scenes like I was like, what is this? I'm excited. I know this is Christopher Nolan. And that was it, you know. Um, I know some people probably watch that trailer and were like, what the heck was that? I'm, I don't know what that is. And I think it's it's different for everybody, right? It's something, there was something about the mystery of that trailer that really enticed me. And I'm like, I need to know more. Yeah, that's very interesting because uh, preparing for this pod, I fell down a, uh, a rabbit hole on YouTube and I started studying the art of uh, trailer making, oddly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some of the most well-renowned trailers are trailers just like that. Um, they mentioned the old trailer for the alien movie. It was just flashes of, you know, shots and it gives you that intense feeling, but still not giving away a lot of the plot, not showing any major plot points either. Uh, because me, like I remember the, the trailer and I'd be like, Oh, this part hasn't shown up yet. So it's still part of the movie to go. Exactly. So, exactly. 
I always remember the trailer in the back of my head and it kind of ruins my uh my experience at the theater. But uh man, I really got to sneak back into a movie just to see this trailer now. <laughs> and that's kind of exciting. <laughs> I've never been, you know, on a hunt for a trailer in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean that that trailer, I don't, I don't know, I don't have any idea what the movie's about. So that's really great. That's perfect I'm, for me. I'm I'm ready to watch it. Yeah, like it, you mentioned the uh some older trailers, like if you go back and watch like Blade Runner, that thing is like confusing. Like if you watch yeah. it, I'm like, how would anyone know what this movie is about? But yet, <laughs> exactly. you know, it became this like cult hit. I mean, even the old Star Wars trailers, you know, for the original um, New Hope, you know, they weren't the quote unquote best trailers or they were nowhere like the trailers they are now. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how trailers have evolved. Exactly. Yeah, and it's so wild. Like uh, I'll link you the video later. I'll also leave it in uh, the description for the listeners. Uh, but there is a science to the trailer and it's just like the music energy. Like once somebody starts doing something, everybody else start doing the exact same thing. It's a mm-hmm. copycat business and yeah. it's just insane. I really didn't know that much thought went into making these trailers, but uh, it's very yeah. interesting. Um, has a trailer ever convinced you into seeing a movie that you probably wouldn't have wanted to see? Like, have you ever came across something? Like, oh, that's yeah, good. I was uh, I was kind of like thinking about, you know, uh, I was thinking about this a little bit and I started kind of like remembering some old trailers that I really loved. And I remember or uh, some movies I really loved and some trailers I really loved. And I remember when the social network came out. I remember before that trailer, just remember yeah. hearing the announcement about the social network. I'm like, why would I want to see a movie about Facebook? Like, I really don't care how Facebook started or you know like it's not my like i don't care mm-hmm. and then after watching that trailer and i watched it again last night i was like this this trailer is so good and i it made me want to watch the movie at that moment yeah <laughs> i had the same I, reaction yeah same reaction um yeah have you ever seen a, a trailer for a movie you wanted to see but it was so bad <laughs> you like down if i want to see it again um there i i want to remind people that like before Christopher Nolan took the Batman series and did what he did with it. Mm-hmm. I remember like before that movie came, or before Batman begin, begins came out, but like, why, why are we making another Batman movie? Right. This is going to be as crappy as those like Joel Schumacher ones from the nineties. Like why I don't need a new Batman movie. And if you, I remember watching those old trailers and it still didn't convince me that I really wanted to watch this movie. But again, I was someone who believed in Chris Nolan, and I'm a I'm a huge Batman fan. So like, even if the movie's crappy, I was gonna watch it anyway. <laughs> Same here, man. So to to if you go back and watch those trailers, they are not the best trailers, and they're not like so bad that I wouldn't want to watch the movie. But I remember just thinking like, this is not doing it uh, any you know service and and garnering probably more hype for it. Yeah, I think the the movies that suffer the most from bad trailers are like comic book movies, video game movies, and just movies that involve characters that aren't really supposed to be live action. Because mm. you have this like thought of how you would do it or how it's supposed to look live action. And then when you see the results of it, kind of like the sign of the Hedgehog trailer, which bombed and now they're like reshooting it. <laughs> and, well, they're redoing the character, right? Yeah, or they're re- like the re-CGing the character. And Jim yeah. Carrey is so mad about it. <laughs> but uh <laughs> well I'm like it had to be done man it was it didn't look anything like sonic but uh yeah yeah i feel like those are the movies that suffer the most from like anticipating a trailer and if and it so-called flops 
Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, I, I don't know if you you saw Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood, right? Yeah. So I, I saw it this weekend finally after it being out for a couple weeks, and I mean, honestly, I I didn't actually like it that much. Um, it wasn't my favorite Tarantino movie, but I remember watching the trailer and I was like, "This is funny. This mm-hmm. this looks really good." But then ultimately, after watching the movie, I was a little disappointed, and it's not definitely not my favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah, that that uh that film is very polarizing amongst fans, mm-hmm. and I feel like you get a lot of smoke from saying you didn't like it. But to me, I f- I'm right there with you. Like, I really wasn't engaged with this film, and mm-hmm. it may be my fault because I didn't really know who Sharon Tate was, and I really didn't know about the Manson murders. But even with all those things going on, I should still be able to know what's happening. So, like, there's points like a ticking time clock was going on, and. Mm-hmm. Other thing, like she snuck in the movies and she was like, That's me. She looked nothing like the character. I'm just like, uh Yeah. So I had to like go back on YouTube and, you know, educate myself about this film. And now if I ever see it again, I can look through it with a new lens and maybe I'll appreciate it more in my second viewing. But my first viewing wasn't that great. See that that's that's my issue with the movie though, is that I, I know I knew about Sharon Tate. I knew what hap- I knew what happened to her. And I knew that's kind of what this movie was culminating to. And but the thing is, after watching the movie and, you know, not to spoil anything, knowing what happens at the end of this movie, it had me reverse going back and be like, why was she in this movie at all then? Yeah, she it really, really felt like she need to, Yeah, she didn't really need to be in it. All you really needed to know is the knowledge of who Sharon Tate was and what happened to her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and you, you said it, this movie does no service in explaining to you. What happened? So if you went into this not knowing what happened to her, like it, it still wouldn't change anything if she was in it or not in it for longer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just I was lost the majority of part of the film, but I enjoyed parts of it. It was funny at, at moments, and then you know I'm a huge Leo fan, so I enjoyed his performance yeah. as well. Me too. I mean, I think that's the best part of the film is just their dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, their friendship and their dynamic together. Like, I think that part of the movie is good. The thing that you know for me holds it back is the whole Sharon Tate stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you, bro. Um, yeah. Before we switch gears, my final question about uh, trailers is like, do you have a uh, a favorite trailer of 2019? All right. So this is where Hobbs and Shaw come in. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a, uh, have you seen, I don't know if you've seen it. There's like a four minute trailer for this movie, what? actually. Oh my God. No. I now, yes, it gives, I, this is the prime example of a, a movie that gave way too much away in this trailer they, they wanted to but give if it you, away yeah they basically gave a whole <laughs> plot away which is terrible but if you actually this is four minute trailer and it's it's cut really well hmm. it it like it uses the the hits and the action and it syncs it with the music and i if you kind of remember how uh, edgar wright what what he does what does with like driving and action in baby driver Imagine that, and that's kind of what they did with this trailer, right? They synced up like Jason Statham's punches and kicks, and and The Rock's punches and kicks with the music and with the sound, and it works really well as a trailer. So, did you see this trailer before you saw Hobbs and Shaw? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm I'm all watching trailers before movies come out. You know, I, I I've kind of, uh, you know, th- those days of not watching trailers are behind me. It's nice. <laughs> I used to I used to go to theaters with my my AirPods and then I would just like put them in 
and and just listen to like try to listen to music as softly as I could without annoying anyone beside me, but loud enough so I don't hear the trailer because I didn't want to even hear the trailer, mm-hmm. right? Let alone see it. Now it's just like oh, I can just sit down and like not put my earphones in and not look like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, how long have you guys been uh, podcasting? Honestly, we've only been podcasting for almost, it's been about six months, almost, oh, like five months. So we're relatively new. Okay. I love the themes about your show. Um, how'd you guys meet? Are you guys like childhood friends or did you guys meet on the net? No, no, we are, we are childhood friends. We're all friends that known each other since high school. Um, some of us actually longer and yeah, we were all just kind of friends. We, uh, we're all before I moved, we were all movie buddies. So we we go out like, hey, who wants to go watch this this week? And we like go and watch a movie and then maybe afterwards go grab something to eat and we'll like talk about the movie. So it's kind of like an extension of, you know, what we used to do. And that's kind of like podcasting, podcasts. you know, talks yeah. about their movie. So it's like, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's usually how it starts anyway. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite episodes that I heard you guys track was uh, the one on San Diego Comic-Con, which Thank was you. fucking mind blowing about how much stuff came out of there. And I mean, that, that could take up three hours, four hours, just discussing everything that happened. But, uh, listening to that you pod, do, you could three hours on just the MCU, just, not even just the just rest, the MCU just not even stuff the rest alone, of, bro. of yeah, Comic-Con, just MCU stuff. That was, that was a lot to take in that yeah. weekend. If there's a ranking list for like best San Diego Comic-Cons, that would have to be top five <laughs> for sure. It, and it's, you, you heard me mention on the podcast, it, it's not like they even showed like a trailer or like many scenes, right? It it was literally just announcements. It was like literally bringing people up and telling them like, Hey, this is who we have in our movie. And people were just like freaking out. I mean, I freaked out just to learn about, you know, Mahershala Ali, Tony Lung, you know what I mean? Knowing that the Mandarin's actually going to be there. Like I'm, I'm excited, man. Yeah, it was just a timeline behind them and him just chatting, and then he brings on Mahersha Ali at the end yeah. and just drops a mic. So <laughs> like that was so it. Good. So good. that was it. So uh, I mean, Disney's freaking taking over everything right now. Uh, they're dropping their streaming service pretty soon. It's priced at six ninety nine. Like that's like a beer at the pub. That's like a drink it like wherever you go hang out at. Like that's nothing. That's chump change. Like. Do you see Disney Plus winning the streaming war between uh, Netflix, Hulu, and everybody else? So I will say that Disney already has my money. I'm already going to probably, I'm definitely going to sign up for Disney Plus just because of all the MCU TV shows they announced, The Mandalorian, just having like the Disney backlog of uh, all the Disney movies. Uh, But having said that, I, I don't know if they're going to be quote unquote winning per se. I think Netflix is still this monster right that has great series and great content and what what netflix does well compared to most other i think streaming services still is that you know hulu and 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 disney plus and and, um amazon prime i still think will are focusing still on like just movies and tv series what netflix has is that they still dominate i feel like in like documentaries in even just like reality tv in a sense i mean they have queer eye which is a huge tv show um and you know they they also just have like we me my girlfriend we love watching cooking shows on netflix right so like they still have this really broad range or broad market that it doesn't i don't know if like disney plus or hulu have really like started to 
delve into just yet. But I mean, over the years, I think, you know, services like Amazon Prime, like Hulu have nicked at Netflix. You know, I'm, I love The Boys on Amazon oh Prime. We just God. finished that. So that fire. was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Disney Plus, I, like I said, those series I'm so excited for. So I, I think they are definitely going to like take a, a chunk of that audience. If they, if they have to choose between Netflix or Disney Plus, they would definitely take a chunk of that audience. Yeah, I think like just like you echoed, um, I think Netflix can reach a bigger demographic than Disney can. And what they're starting to do with films like Roma and now they're getting Scorsese involved with the Irishman. Exactly. Like they're they're trying to level up. They see the competition coming. Mm-hmm. They have the algorithm. They know what we want. Uh, but I don't really see an end of Netflix coming anytime soon. And no, as no. much as I love you know, the Disney, what Disney are doing and all this MCU stuff coming up. Do you see an MCU fatigue coming on? I mean, we got Black Widow, The Eternals, Chang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Thor and Love coming out in the next two years. But is there, I mean, not trying to say we're ever going to get tired of it, but I mean, you can only set the bar so many times before it's like, ah, what's next? Well, I think Marvel was wise or the MCU was wise to, Take a little break, right? They're not going to have another movie until next May. You know, they don't have, they typically have a, a fall movie in like November. They don't have one this year. And I think the next one is in May with Black Widow. So I think, you know, there's a little bit of a break now. And honestly, uh, maybe there w- could have been, but then now after seeing San Diego Comic Con and see how hyped people are for these next properties, I don't think there will be. I, I think people are still excited and the fact that their next slate, you know, yes, they have, you know, Black Widow, which is a character we've already seen. Yes, they're going to have a Hawkeye series, a character we've already seen and, and WandaVision and all the series are kind of based on characters we've already seen. But there are, there are also characters that really haven't had the spotlight and they've been now are giving the spotlight in, in TV series. But then also these movies are going to introduce all these new characters now, right? Like, I'm super excited about Shang-Chi. I'm excited to see the Eternals. You know, I'm excited to eventually see Mahershala Ali as Blade. You know, like, I think I think they're wise in, in trying to now build up a new class of heroes that we can invest in and, and move on to the next step. Yeah, I was kind of worried for Phase 4 before, like, the timeline came out because I'm like, they're really putting faith into everybody buying into these new characters that we have no idea about, <laughs> like mm-hmm. super confident. But after the release and the press conference and all that stuff, I'm super excited about the future of MCU. I'm not really worried at all, but I, I definitely wanted to see where you stand in that whole uh, yeah. conversation. Uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of Chang-Chi, uh, I wanted to ask you a question about a wonderful conversation that you had with the the guy from Stranger Board, what was Oh, Strange Harbors, Jeff. Jeffrey Strange Zane. Harbors. You guys had a really wonderful conversation about a Thank film you. that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, one of my favorite films of 2019, actually, The Farewell. So uh, this part of the podcast will be discussing The Farewell. So we will be getting into spoilers about the pod or about the movie. So if you guys want to come back to this episode later, please do so. But I really want to see where you stand at about this film. So going into it. Did you like know about this film? Did you have expectations going in or did you kind of like just see some buzz and went to go see it? I I like to uh, follow kind of the film 
uh, festival circuit, like news coming out of it and, and knowing what kind of movies are kind of the big ones coming out of like Sundance, out of Cannes, out of Toronto. And I knew of this movie because it was kind of the hit coming out of Sundance. So I, I knew a little bit about it. I knew that it was, you know, written and directed by Lulu Wong, which is an Asian, uh, Asian American uh, writer and director. I knew it was going to be starring Aquafina. So I, I knew about it and I knew the premise. Uh, and so just those small little tidbits got me really excited to watch the movie. So after seeing it, what were your thoughts about the film? Were you impressed by it? Oh, immensely. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, if you haven't, I, I dedicated two podcasts on it. So that's probably, <laughs> that's yeah, probably I just, I just wanted listeners to of... know how much you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably a sign of how much I love this movie. Just because I, I mean, if people don't know, I'm Asian American, I'm Chinese American and it, it definitely, for me, was a movie that I felt represented me. You know, I didn't go through this. I, I haven't been through anything like this. You know, this the story of, and I won't spoil anything um, too badly, but like, you know, it's about a grandma who um, is diagnosed with cancer. And our main character, Aquafina, is, uh, her name is Billy, and she is her granddaughter. And, you know, uh, they kind of fabricate this wedding so that, you know, her, you know, Billy and her family that live in America and, and everyone that doesn't live in, in China can go back and visit the grandma one more time. You know, I haven't been through anything like this, but I have heard, you know, stories of kind of like this where the family is very secretive and and and, and trying to instill this idea of family <clears throat> over self. So uh, which. I have experienced too, but I, I think that, you know, this movie felt in different ways. How do I say this? It felt like me, you know, there, there were moments where I, it just, I flashed back to like when I would go visit family in, in Hong Kong, right. Where my family's from. And there are points where like, it just, it resonated with me. Like no, no other scene and no other movie has ever done with me. And that's partially because, you know, these people, do look like me right and i think that it's it's a lot easier to uh, to feel represented when it is someone that is the same skin skin color as you is the same ethnicity as you you know speaks the same language as you not to say that no not everyone can relate to this movie because i think so many people can relate to this movie um but yeah it was definitely one that hit me really hard yeah, this movie hit me in a different way, and I'm not even Asian American. I'm African American, <laughs> but I can identify with some of the issues that they were having throughout this film, and I felt like I was right there with them. Uh, the tone of this film was excellent. Uh, everything about this film was really, really good, and it hit me differently than uh, another film that I really enjoyed from last year, which is Crazy Rich Asians. And I wouldn't say they're the same, but in different ways they are. But this is more eye-opening to what. I think a perfect representation of Asian American or Asian is versus a fabricated, you know, rich and glamorous lifestyle. Um, and a lot of the difference between East and West hit home better in its film. Um, yes. and I enjoyed that a lot. And another thing that was the biggest theme of this film was whenever you tell someone they have cancer, the fear of having cancer kills them. So keeping that secret away from them uh, is foreign in America. Like, that'd be outright cruel to have somebody walking around with cancer and not tell them at all. But with that mindset, it made sense. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, there's a line. There's a line in the movie, right, where she says, "In America, this would be illegal. You can't yeah. just. You can't not like tell a person that they're dying, right? Yeah, like people will like take you to court for like lying to them. Even a doctor <laughs> exactly. was in on the lie. You know what I mean? Like that would have. Yeah. He would have lost his job by doing that. But mm-hmm. like it just it was just eye opening, like the difference between East and West in his film. And I'm looking forward to more uh, movies just like this. Even though I did enjoy Crazy Rich Agents. Uh, this is more my uh, my vibe. Uh, for you personally, what was some biggest difference between Crazy Rich Asians and, and their farewell? So I think for Crazy Rich Asians, it's a story that kind of uses romantic comedy as the backdrop, right? And you know, there's 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 antics, there's this kind of what they call Tiger Mom, right? Eleanor Young's character is like a Tiger Mom, and but that's where you kind of start to see some of those East versus West mentalities, right? The the kind of struggle between Eleanor and and Constant Wu's character, and you know, I, I love the the scene where they're making dumplings, mm-hmm. right? Because that really shows that kind of that you know that brought me back to my childhood because I used to make dumplings with my mar- my with my parents, right? So that that's that kind of like the the you know sit down and, and spend time with your family is is super important kind of mentality that I think you know I, I don't think it's just Asian cultures I, I think it's a lot of different cultures but especially in I think Asian cultures like you know something as is 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 as small as making dumplings with your hands with your family is super important and kind of instilling those kind of um, values of relationship and and making sure that the family is is fed but also making sure that the family is happy is really important and but i think the farewell takes that idea and and takes it to another level where it really really talks about family in a way that like it, like you know in america we we a lot of times are taught to look out for our family but also look out for yourself right mm-hmm. But in, in, in China, like this movie kind of shows you that like family, family is first, right? The matriarch, you know, is, is a really important person in the family and and her happiness is sometimes more important than your happiness because her happiness means if she's happy, that means the family's happy and your your job is to keep her happy and the family happy. And sometimes your happiness has to kind of take a backseat. Yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, lines from the movie. I believe it uh, said, uh, in Western culture, we believe our life believe, or belongs to ourself. But in Eastern culture, your life is a whole. It's part of family, part mm-hmm. of the community. So you take on that burden of knowing she has cancer versus telling her and letting her deal with it by herself, which was, exactly. oh my God, so sad and so true. Yeah, But... uh. Another one of my favorite parts of this film was uh, the wedding reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. A lot of emotions were shared in there. And she didn't even know what was going on. And um, reflecting on the film when I got out, I was kind of like, it was like being at your own funeral, but still being alive to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it was very similar to like a funeral vibe, but she had no idea that she was dead. But yeah. uh, beautiful film. Um, Aquafina has been in two huge films for Asian culture. Uh, were you a film of Aquafina before these two films? So I had no idea who 
Aquafina was before oh, Crazy yeah, Rich Asians. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I, okay. I, when I, when I found out who she was, like, or when I found out she was going to be in the movie, I kind of researched her and I was like, oh, she's like a YouTube star and mm-hmm. she's like a rapper. But I, I really didn't like know who she was before that. And you know what I really love about this movie is that before this, I feel like she's she had like a little bit of a stick, right? Stick, right? Where she was kind of like that quirky, fun, talking fast, per, you know. Uh, loudmouth, you know, she's kind of like that in Crazy Rich Asians. If you've seen Ocean's Eight, she's kind of has a very similar character. But I mean, the farewell, man, she gets to display all of her dramatic chops in such a beautiful way. Yeah, she leveled like, up on this she, movie for real. <laughs> like, yeah, she. I mean, just that. I mean, we're in spoilers. Just that scene where she's having that conversation with her mom. I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, where are the tissues? Like right now. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully she gets nominated for a performance of the year. She definitely deserves it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope this is not what, I mean, this, you know, came out in the summer and a lot of times by by the end, you know, by award season, you know, a lot of summer movies are forgotten. And I, I really, really hope this isn't one of them. Well, this is the perfect year for it. There's been a lot of horrible movies coming out of 2019. <laughs> I mean, hey, we'll th- see. We'll see by the end of the year. We'll see I got faith, man. She deserves it. At least a nomination. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope, you know, Wong gets a, a director nomination or a writing nomination, yeah. at least a writing nomination. Because that's big for you know your community, and it's something that uh, my community is just not breaking into uh, black representation. Uh, yeah. For years and years, you know, every movie our casting has been either uh, a slave, a thug, criminal, mm. uneducated, and now we're starting to like you know have proper res- representation in a film, and you guys are on the move as well. But uh, yeah. just like in the movie we talked about earlier, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the representation of Bruce Lee is getting a lot of uh, a lot of bad talk right now, and especially from mm-hmm. his uh, his daughter, which spoke out. Um, yeah. After seeing the film, how did you feel about his representation? I I mean, I went into the movie knowing that you know his daughter had issues with it. I, I knew people had issues with it, and I try to like not see those things and try to like. <sighs> maybe see if see if i can actually see why bruce lee's in this movie and i i understand like he was a star at that time he did have a relationship with sharon tate like i've read that you know he actually did have a relationship with sharon tate in the sense that he did train her in, in that movie and he was a trainer to the stars and he you know he played kato right and and green hornet so in that era it kind of made sense and then i i know that quentin you know said that um you know, he wanted the biggest kind of badass, right, to represent or, you know, the biggest badass to fight against uh, Brad Pitt's character. And he couldn't think of anyone else but but um, Bruce Lee. So I guess in, in a way that kind of respects his image. But at the same time, like I wasn't a big fan of the representation only because I feel like it was super exaggerated in a sense. Like, I think everyone knows who Bruce Lee is and you don't have to do like the 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 constant like brushing of the nose or the <laughs> the way he does like the whoa you yeah. know what i mean like that to me was like i understand you want to throw in one or two of those but i felt like he became a caricature of himself and i'm like you don't need that everyone who's we know who bruce lee is you just tell me who bruce lee is and i know who bruce lee is yeah you know you could you didn't even have to grow up in the you know late 70s and 60s to know who bruce lee is like he's just like an icon for everything yeah. you know what i mean so yeah i definitely see why she's upset he felt like a punching bag at 
know what I mean? Um, when he got thrown against the car and he got back yeah. up. And it's like, like that was uncalled for. Like maybe a couple of blows here and there, but the car thing was like, it was kind of extra. Um, yeah. But yeah, but on a positive note, um, Chang-Chi Eternals looking pretty good for uh, mm-hmm. Asian representation. How do you feel about the future of, uh, you know, film for uh, Asian culture? I think, I think we're in a good place. You know, uh, like I said, Lulu Wong is, we, we have a writer director, right. Who's getting high praise. We have actors who are getting high praises. We're getting, you know, we're, we're getting a, an Asian, you know, Asian basically cast in an MCU movie. Like that, that's huge yeah, to me. I love that, man. Like, like I love MCU movies. I love, you know, Marvel and like, I mean, I I admittedly don't know much about the Shang-Chi character, but I love that. I love that I'm, I'm going in not knowing much because I'm, I'm ready to learn about this character. I'm ready to, like, invest my time in this character. But, yeah, I'm just so happy that they, they you know, they have Tony Lung, who's a like, huge... Yeah, listening like to your Hong pod, Kong I didn't know he was a huge, movies. like a huge star. And I yeah. listened to your pod, and it was like, your mom, I think your mom said he's like that guy in China. So I'm like, yeah. I want to look into it, this character, but I don't want to spoil the movie. So I'm like so torn because I know once I deep dive, uh, that's it. <laughs> I think uh, his, if for American audiences, maybe I think his most famous movie you might have seen him in, I believe he's in Infernal Affairs. Have you heard of Infernal Affairs? No, I've never seen it. So that's that's actually the movie. Um, so that's the, the Hong Kong movie that The Departed is based off of. So The Departed is actually a remake of that movie. Oh wow! I have to check it out. Yeah. So if you love The Departed, go watch Infernal Affairs. And everyone who's watched Infernal Affairs thinks Infernal Affairs is so much better. But I honestly, I I love both just because I'm a big fan of Scorsese and I'm a big fan of Leo. So like, they both hold a really special place in my heart. But Infernal Affairs is really good too. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's what people might recognize him from if you might have seen Infernal Affairs. But yeah, if you haven't seen that, I mean, check out his career. He's a really big, big, you know, uh, Hong Kong actor. Sweet. I'm definitely going to check him out because I'm doing this whole run through a lot of uh, Asian films right now. And yeah. I freaking love Asian culture. My girlfriend's Filipino. I mean, I love anime. My, my girlfriend's maybe Filipino too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know about that Lumpia, that Ube, you know, oh, all that yeah. other stuff. Oh, yeah. Adobo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Delicious. <laughs> but yeah, good times, man. Um, but I guess we can but wrap yeah, the pot up. Wait, Sorry. Uh, one more thing. If people want to see, um, I mean, talking about uh, Shang-Chi, if people want to see the star, Simu Liu, um, check out also Kim's Convenience on Netflix. It's, a, it's actually a Canadian... Uh, sitcom about a uh, korean family who owns a convenience store it's it's super funny like i just started watching it because i i, I learned about simulu that way and i'm like all right i'll check out this show and i started watching it i think it's really funny sweet you got some awesome taste so you know i'm definitely gonna check it out <laughs> um but once again man thank you for joining the pod i really do appreciate it and i love thank you for having me hearing your thoughts on everything um would you like to tell the listeners how to find your pod and all your socials? Yeah. So uh, you can find my uh, podcast, which is the Film Trailers podcast on pretty much any platform, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you know. And uh, you can follow me both on Instagram and Twitter at, at the wrong Daik, Daik spelled D-A-Y-I-K. And uh, yeah, just, just follow me on those or uh, find our podcast. 
And、uh, what can we expect for the future of the film trailer podcast? So, yeah, we're actually going to be doing uh,、um, soon uh, another what we call a grab bag. You know, we've We haven't done a grab bag in like a couple of weeks. So, we like, there's so many trailers that, like, we have a list of like, I think like 10 or 12 trailers that we're going to talk about, like, just rapid fire. But、um, just today, the Little Woman's trailer dropped, the new Greta Gerwig movie. And I think I definitely want to talk about that just because I'm a huge Greta, Greta Gerwig fan of both her acting and her, her directing. So, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But we kind of just play it by ear. You know, we want to talk about the latest trailers and the trailers that are really going to. You know, get people excited. So we kind of like, we, we kind of, you know, ebb and flow and move, move with the, you know, oh, shoot, this big trailer came out. Let's talk about it, you know? Well, Derek, thanks for coming through again, man. I'm definitely going to be checking out that pod, man. I love trailers and I love your pod, and you guys should definitely subscribe to that. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in to Pop Cult Net. I'm James Baker, and you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter by the same handle, Pop Cult Net. Uh, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week.